You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, joined today by Suhas Reader. Hi, Suhas. Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well. Been in a bit of a reflecting mood recently. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a little bit. You know, I, I think it's been almost three or four years since we first touched on a topic in podcast format, amazingly enough, but talking about like the technology known as the Internet of Things. And that's an area that you've spent a lot of time thinking about and researching, but have reflected on, you know, what necessarily does that mean from then to now? And uh, what is it about these technologies, uh, IoT, blockchain, big data, things like that, machine learning, that pique the interest and in, in the creativity of people so much? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, going back to season one of Supply Chain Radio, it's, uh, <laughs> it's been a few years. It's interesting. I feel like part of me is still feeling the same way about it, where potential of IoT and blockchain in the supply chain could be huge. There is obviously lots of efficiencies and optimizations and automation that can come about with these technologies. Part of me is also disappointed, though. It's Four years is a long time in technology nowadays, especially consumer tech. Think about how many things advance very quickly in a matter of four years, right? It, not even necessarily hardware, but software and services and different ways that people use technology and different trends and even how society adapts. So four years is a long time in that regard. But in the business world, things don't move that fast. And while that's understandable, I feel like we've been going over this narrative about the Internet of Things supply chain and blockchain's potential in supply chain for quite a while now. And I think there's been a few cases where there's been some progress here and there in like little instances you have like breweries, for instance, some of them use sensors in the fields to like figure out the right conditions for different crops like hops. And then they're able to track it as, you know, it gets shipped from one place to another and make sure that the humidity and the temperature are fine. So that's all kind of nice, but it's sort of these very specific niche cases and that overall end-to-end -end connected logistics with sensors and blockchain unifying the whole supply chain with complete transparency, that hasn't even been close to coming about. Yeah, it seems there's been a lot of ways that companies have addressed it. But you're right, I, you know, innovation certainly doesn't happen evenly in the business world, much less, you know, in a global supply chain. But it is seemingly slow. I think that, you know, we do see to your point about consumers, faster advances in the technology that's in our hands or in our homes right now. If you think about like connected thermostats and smartphones and, you know, voice enabled controllers throughout the house, more sensors on things like your fridge, all of that stuff kind of exists. And, and we adopt it as we as consumers refresh the things that we own and very quickly seem to get up to speed with it. But in the business world, I think, you know, I, some of it seems to be old-fashioned conservatism, but some of it also appears to be that a lot of these technologies take time to prove themselves at scale. And in order to do that and justify the cost, it's a tough thing to think about spending money on when you're a company that, you know, has a bottom line to worry about and shareholders to worry about is somewhat the sense that I'm getting from some of this. But also, you know, I think you're right that some of this stuff, it just seems to take forever to show its true worth. I think one of the things that also happens is that you create a business process. And especially if you're a company that's 
like an enterprise that has a huge scale and many different branches and many different elements. You create a business process and then you're stuck with it for a while because it's such a huge behemoth thing. And it might be tied to very specific technologies and very specific systems. And so even though there's something better, it just takes a huge amount of work to change that within your organization. And so I think that's part of the reason that some of the stuff is slow to actually even get tried out in these industries. But I think that also sometimes we talk about these technologies as if they are the cure-all for some of the problems that supply chains are facing. Like if we just had IoT, we would have supply chain visibility finally. And that's not true. I think often there's a lot that companies can do with just modifying their processes and using stuff that might not be so far-fetched like IoT or blockchain, but already exists and just getting a little bit of a better handle on some of those business problems that they're facing. I think you can actually accomplish quite a lot by doing that. I think the issue is there's a little bit of indecision because, you know, you hear about these technologies, you want to try them out, everyone's talking about them, but it's a huge shift to do that. And then meantime, maybe your current processes are super old and they're tied to systems that are 10 years or 15 years old. And that's not great either. And so you're kind of in this weird in-between state. And I suspect that most companies are actually facing something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good assumption to make there. You know, I think, you know, in the days of ERPs and the rise there with resource planning, you know, that was thought as the solution to get your things in order. But certainly the effects of globalization, of working in a more outsourced environment, cause these different sorts of connections across the supply chain that are completely not even. Different companies using different ERPs or you know, different types of software for planning and for creating and tracking processes in their own systems. You know, truly no two companies are alike and the biggest companies have multiple systems within their four walls that do the same thing and often don't even coordinate with each other. That seems to me to be one of the biggest challenges that still remains is simply connectivity. Yeah, and that's an interesting point, too, because there also you see consumers getting the cutting edge of this technology more than businesses, right? So if you look at a cell phone today, it is the centerpiece of connectivity in your life. And it basically it's doing everything. It's in, in many cases, it's the most powerful computer people own. It has GPS. It has lots of actual physical sensors like accelerometers and all position sensors and cameras and everything like that. So as cell phones become the main device that every human being is connected through every other human being with, it's kind of interesting because I feel like maybe that's that's the way that eventually this technology will permeate businesses. It'll actually come from the bottom up rather than a top-down initiative. And so I could easily imagine that Maybe consumers want these smart tags on their clothes that give them information about where the clothes were manufactured and what farms they came from. And if individuals in that supply chain are able to easily document that somehow through apps or through different maybe low-cost sensors, you might have this kind of ground-up movement rather than requiring a top-down initiative. And I kind of suspect that the longer this goes on, 
the more likely that's the case because consumer technology continues to advance that way. And so it's gonna, people are just going to be able to experiment on a small scale like that a lot more easily. Yeah, it's funny, you know, how many people wear fitness trackers or smartwatches, devices that are connected to that supercomputer in their pocket that track their daily movement, their activity, the places they go, and can help them keep appointments and do other functions within their lives. I mean, it's, it's all in this little ecosystem. It's very easy. And then at the same time, you're right. I think in, you know, going beyond the hardware to the software itself, when you're always connected and have a multitude, like countless number of apps out there that you can simply download for specific needs, it does seem much easier. You know, In a way, the idea of networks and cloud-based interfaces are pretty simple. We use it all the time. Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. Shoot, I mean, look at all the dating apps out there and how some of the innovations coming from places like that are adopted into other functions. It's such a funny thing. You know, everyone used to have to buy software in a box and it was something that you installed from a physical disk into your hard drive. It acted as a silo. It was yours. And that was it. You know, maybe you would upgrade it. Maybe you wouldn't. It would kind of work in perpetuity until, you know, your computer didn't work anymore or you outgrew its functions. Now it seems that everything constantly evolves. And once you're kind of into a system like that and accept that sort of you know, barrier to adoption, it does seem to get easier as you become more comfortable. Absolutely, at, a, at an enterprise level, that's got to be a hard thing to take the risk on, take the leap on. But for a person, very much less risk. It's as simple as having the right hardware and downloading an app so many times. Yeah, that's a good point because... The fact that we can download these different apps and switch out our calendar or daily task planner app at you know whatever whim we want, there's choice. And I think it's also because there are good ecosystems in place for consumers, right? You have iOS, you have Android, you have Windows, you have Mac OS. And there's a lot of applications available for those that serve multiple needs and multiple functions, and there's choice. I don't think we've quite gotten there yet in the business world. Most companies are trying to build out platforms and ecosystems, and I think that that's where things are heading. But until there is a way that people can develop applications on these platforms very quickly, and that becomes the thriving way that businesses can actually choose their tools, it's not going to move as fast as the consumer space. Absolutely. So, and I think one of the things that you have to consider as you start taking those steps forward is whether you're able to do all of that in-house, hire the developmental skill, build out the infrastructure that you need to run these types of applications to support the sheer amount of data that's coming in from all over the place now, to track and reliably plan and adapt to the things that are happening in the supply chain all the time. Is that something you go alone or are businesses going to increasingly rely on an ecosystem of partners, whether it's their suppliers or their logistics providers or carriers, or even vendors in some cases, as a means to bring that whole ecosystem up faster and at more scale than perhaps you can do as a single business? Yeah, I think it's going to depend on a lot of factors, including the business and its own size, its own 
goals and ambitions and the industry that it's in. But I think ultimately, it's going to have to be a mix, right? Like some people are going to be in a position to develop in-house applications, maybe ones that they even share with their partners, and those become sort of mini best-in-breed platforms in themselves. And then others will rely on those kinds of applications that other people developed, and then they'll use them, and those will propagate further. But I do think that the key thing is going to be the ability to share those pieces of data across whatever systems people are using and to be able to make that easy, you know, because otherwise, if, for instance, like if you think about some of these applications, right, like Tinder or OkCupid, it's not like it's restricting users that are on Android from you know, matching with users that are on iOS, right? So the application is cross-platform, but the data flows in in one central place. And I think you're going to probably have to have stuff like that that happens in the business world where even if people are using different ERPs and different systems, the data can flow pretty easily in these applications that unify across all of those different systems. Yeah, I mean, you make some great points there. I mean, truly, this data and this information going across the supply chain is the language of supply chain. Uh, it's the ability to translate it and speak the same language as the others in your ecosystem that really seems to matter. We start out this podcast by talking about, you know, some some of those out there technologies that are becoming more normal day by day. Certainly, it seems like there's more progress on the Internet of Things, if not uh, for personal use, in some use cases in the supply chain itself. We also talked about blockchain and some other pieces, too. Is it just that we have to, when we start hearing about these new technologies, these emerging things that could change the world, temper our expectations? Or do you ever think that there's a point where you flip a switch and, and we're now incorporating some of these things into the real world supply chain at scale? I think it's a good opportunity to take a look at what you're doing already and seeing if there's a way that you can improve that, maybe without the technology leap immediately. Sometimes if you have, you know, a proactive executive team that's willing to make that jump, that's cool. But at the same time, I don't think it necessarily requires that in every case. I think seeing a new technology and seeing what problems it can solve could be inspiring for the people that are already in those positions to look at their own systems and say, hey, can we achieve a sort of similar effect? Maybe not like 100%, but 80% of that effect by just rearranging what we do or maybe incorporating some already proven technologies to make things a little bit smoother. It's kind of, you know, if, if you're a photographer and there's this really new camera that comes out and it can take these amazing pictures, you know, that might be a cool thing to buy, but at the same time, you can also improve your own photography skills, learning about lighting and composition and all of that with existing stuff that you have. And then when you're ready to make that leap, you're going to be in a position to fully appreciate all of the new features and functions, right? So it's kind of similar, I think, where there's probably already things that businesses can do. And I think it's a good opportunity to take a look at that. Yeah, absolutely. It's It does seem that we're in a world of constant reinvention, but eventually everyone has to evolve and adapt or um, they won't really have as much business to be doing uh, is the, the other risk to staying put. At least that's how we tend to look at it when you see the rise of things like Amazon and Netflix creating and disrupting entire markets. This is starting to happen across all industries and it's been a, 
Very interesting to see the role technology plays in all of it. Suhas, uh, it's been a pleasure as always having you on Supply Chain Radio on this episode and over the years. But uh, any final thoughts as we close out this episode? Yeah, it's been it's been great to kind of cover this topic over the last few years. And it's it's honestly, it's good to be excited about something. So I think that people who are excited about IoT and blockchain, it's a good thing. It's not something to be bummed about or like necessarily temper your expectations fully. But I think it is something to just take a, a little bit of a reality check on. These things are slow. They're not going to immediately change everything with the snap of a finger. And it's a good opportunity to take a look at what you're doing and, and see if there's any improvements that you can already make. But hey, it's a cool topic. We've certainly had fun talking about it. And uh, I'm guessing we will continue to be covering this topic in the years to come. No doubt about that, Suhas. Uh, it's um, been good having you on the show. Thank you for all of your contributions. And those of you who are listening to Supply Chain Radio, thank you for tuning in. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, your favorite podcast networks, and be sure to write us a note at uh, scr.podcast at Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>